to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I am delighted to have Anisha, uh, Dr. Anisha Matthews back with us today for part two, talking about thriving against the odds. Uh, Dr. Matthews, welcome back. Happy to be here again, Cheryl. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Now, for our guests who may not have been with us for part one, why don't we start by just having you share a little bit about you and your leadership journey? Sure thing, Cheryl. Um, I have have very recently retired from a corporate healthcare executive role. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And I am now uh, working and doing executive coaching what I've done over the course of my career, I've been in different industries, uh, academe, education, as well as healthcare. And what I've done in the course of my career is help leaders realize their leadership development goals. And I've helped corporations with operational goals in different capacities. Over the course of my career, I very often have been the only executive of color, and many times I'm one of very few women um, on, you know, having one of those seats. So it's all those experiences together and combined that I've, I'm using now to give back, and specifically in my executive coaching practice, I want to help su support leaders, particularly um, women and leaders of color. I want to help support them, help them find their voice and help them with techniques to make sure that they are fully heard and feel included. Wonderful. I know that that is um, uh, so needed. And so I'll say, um, not only as a leadership um, coach, but also as an equity, diversity and inclusion practitioner in your work with um, I want to say, is it, tell me the name of your organization, Sage Leaders? Sage Leader Solutions. Yeah, wonderful. With um, Sage Leader Solutions, I know you do a lot, <clears throat> a lot, and we've talked quite a bit in part one about grit, about mm -hmm. moving forward from setbacks, about developing support systems, and how important relationships are. So we won't dive deep here because I know that we talked about that in uh, part one, but to kind of bring and pull that forward for those who may have missed part one, I'm just going to throw out the word um, and uh, as a nugget and ask you to give me back a nugget on each of these topics. So grit. Grit, grit to me is really a mindset and it is a mindset that can be developed over time. I have over the course of my career growing up in a developing nation had to develop that early, but uh, various ex experiences in my professional career, I have developed better grit, but I've also been very intentional to push my discomfort to develop mm -hmm. and, and keep expanding that, that grit mm -hmm. muscle. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a very, very important and key part of leadership. And I would encourage anyone listening who who isn't quite sure how, how they feel about grit, 
go and read the book by Angela Duckworth in particular. She's she's just done a brilliant job of of bringing a whole bunch of concepts together. Okay. And so I'm going to push back and just ask you to go a little bit further into, if you were to say dot, dot, dot. So grit is a mindset of what? What's a grit mindset? Sure. Grit is a mindset of never giving up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Appreciate that. Next word I'm going to throw out there, I should say phrase is moving forward from setbacks. Your thoughts? Yes, moving forward from setbacks is a requirement of leadership again. So the nugget would be, what have you learned from your setback? How do you figure out what to do, what to stop doing, what to start doing in order to move forward successfully? Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Developing a support system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very important part again of success in any leadership role but um, being very intentional about developing and nurturing relationships to ensure that you're going to you're going to get the support that you need in the way that you need it. So um, we talked in part one about the kind, you know being intentional about asking for the support that you need. And I I would again be encourage the listeners to think about what is it exactly that you need that is going to provide you the support that you need to move forward. Mm-hmm. Is there a who factor in that uh, or strategy about who should be part of that support system? I, I suppose there is. I mean, for me, it's about fit. It's it's who you hear most clearly. And so um, the, the who factor is uh, with whom do you have the best fit? And you won't know that until you're spending, you spent enough time with individuals and you learn more about their own experiences. But I, I think if you don't have the right people, you know, you can have very, very supportive friends. If they don't, if they don't really know anything about your industry or your career, they're not going to be able to support you professionally. So that's an example of what I'm saying. You've got to find people who can help you with the support in the professional setting as well. They've got to understand your situation, your industry, and hopefully, hopefully your specific situation. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. And I think we might have ended part two on talking about leadership matters. I'm saying leadership matters. Relationships matter, which leadership is a relationship. So that's uh, real important to underscore as well. But relationships matter. Say more. Yeah, um, I, I think this will segue into some of what we're going to talk about a little bit today, which is in order to to have truly meaningful leadership ability, you've got to have meaningful relationships with those that you lead, with those that you are working alongside with. And so part of part of having good relationships means you've got to know enough about other people and they've got to know enough about you to develop meaningful relationships. And how do you know if the relationship is meaningful? <laughs> yeah. Wow. You you now you're knowing you're becoming the I'm rapid firing on you. Yeah, that you're you're becoming the psychologist. You you're truly <laughs> <laughs> I I will just speak from my own experience, Cheryl. I think um a very simple way for you to determine what what is a meaningful relationship is how do you feel after you've had a conversation or spent time with that individual? And do you feel, you know, are you feeling positive? Are you feeling supported? Are you feeling 
energized or are you feeling the opposite are you questioning everything are you uh, is there more self-doubt in you and so again this comes back to relationships you can't have meaningful relationships if you haven't done your own self work and so we talked a little bit about that in part one but I, I think such a huge part of building meaningful relationships is doing your own work so you know who you are and what's what's important to you. Mm -hmm. I and, and I think that's fascinating and powerful in a number of different ways because I think um you know the depth of those relationships very often are related to the extent to which a person feels as though it's safe enough for them to show up in an authentic way. Right. And for me to show up with an authentic way, I have to, one, have some understanding of myself. Right. And um, and think all of that matters. want to talk about authenticity because I think that's going to actually loop us back into talking about uh, relationships. But I think that uh, we've had some conversations about just how difficult that can be for people of color. Um, I'm going to have you just say more about that topic. Yeah, we we hear a tremendous amount about people, companies, leaders wanting us to be authentic and show up with our full selves at work. But for a variety of reasons, people may feel uncomfortable. And when we start talking about code switching or covering, it's because we've learned perhaps through direct observation of how we've been treated when we've done something or said something or observation of other people's interactions when we've seen what how they are received when they've done something or said something those experiences those past experiences help inform how how safe we feel right this whole notion of psychological safety if you don't have psychological safety, you are not going to show up fully in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And so part of the leader getting the team members, the, the members of their own team to be truly authentic and show up fully is the leader has to create an environment that is psychologically safe. Mm -hmm. okay. So as an individual, if I'm not feeling safe, mm -hmm. I'm not going to show up fully. I'm going to be more hesitant about how much I am willing to reveal, how much I'm willing to speak my mind um, in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of hows and what's that kind of come up in my mind as you are sharing that, that I think we might want to double click on. Um, <clears throat> and the what's are maybe explaining for our listening audience that aren't aware of code switching and covering, what is that? But also stepping back, before we even go there and say, what does being authentic mean? Um, what does it mean to you? I know it means a lot to a lot of different people. So when you think of being authentic, what does that mean for a leader to be able to show up and be authentic? To me, being authentic means I don't have to think about, I don't have to be careful about what I'm saying or how I'm behaving. I can just say what I, what's on my mind, right? in mm -hmm. a professional manner in the workplace, but I'm saying what's on my mind. I am behaving in a professional manner. I don't have to to check myself and say, oh, is it it would it be appropriate if I did this X, Y, Z. The opposite of that, when I'm not feeling safe, when I'm not showing up truly authentically, is I'm 
censoring myself in some way. I'm mm -hmm. deliberately choosing not to speak up because I'm concerned in some way about how mm -hmm. if something is going to be received, or I'm censoring how I'm going to behave for the same reason. I'm concerned, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. so like the the authenticity authenticity to me is. I feel comfortable. I'm just very comfortable. I'm not double checking myself. I'm not censoring myself. Mm -hmm. And the opposite of that is truly being on guard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I picture like um, a range there um, where one may be just completely um, open and, um, and free and what they say and how they say it and in that guarded space so on this continuum i i um a number of things come to mind one i think when i think of being authentic and say you know am i aware of my values and can i show up in a way that's consistent with my values um and then i think of the other space with regards to how we engage and how we communicate and um and I know that there are times when um, for others' comfort and ease and to not be discriminated against, a person may have to filter or um, what we would say shift. There's actually a book called Shifting, the double-edged sword of, I think, being African-American in America, can't remember the exact name of it, but shifting is, I think, the 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 um, the main title. Mm -hmm. um, and how so often it is necessary for uh, people of color to shift their engagement style, their interaction style, to help others feel comfortable. So it's, um, can I shift? and still be authentic is a question uh, that people might ask. Uh, sometimes people equate being authentic to um, having a consistent interaction style. And I've seen that maybe derail mm. or create um, lack of ability to be nimble with one style. But, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Cheryl. I think part of emotional intelligence is really understanding the organizational culture that you are embedded in. And to understand that not every voice is received or heard in every organizational culture. So sometimes it's not about changing your voice because and changing the way you say something because you won't be heard. Sometimes it's about how do you say it in a way that best is received by the audience. It's it's mm -hmm. about that. It's about mm -hmm. like when you give a presentation, right? You've got to know your audience. That's mm -hmm. rule number one, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it part of authenticity is also knowing your audience. Mm -hmm. And you can be authentic to your values, mm -hmm. but change how you're speaking slightly Mm -hmm. to fit the organizational culture. Mm -hmm. you, you, those two things are yeah. possible. 
Yeah. And in my experience, that that has been very, very successful. When I've when when you start by really understanding the organizational culture, then the question is, how can I always be true to my values and mm-hmm. be heard in this culture? Yes, yes. And 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 I think that that is a huge piece um, because I have heard people say, I'm going to be who I am and how I how I am. And if people can't take it, then oh, well. Well, the oh well part of that can be um, a loss um, because sometimes people are equating their delivery style and their interaction style to being authentic. And really like language, if I'm in France and people are speaking French and I say, well, I speak Spanish. So if y'all want to understand me, y'all need to learn some Spanish. I will likely be the one who loses out. So really if I can think about interaction styles, delivery styles in a manner that's consistent with language, then I can allow myself the flexibility to be true to my values and to show up being authentic as it relates to my values mm-hmm. and have a um, different delivery style um, so that I am able to get my message across and not be um, not run into someone else's biases or discomfort and have me then written off. And I think that that becomes the challenge with um, with people of color mm-hmm. whose delivery style may be different than the dominant culture that they're engaging right. in. Right. And so in order to be effective, you know, I'm starting with finding myself in, uh, in my values, but then figuring out how do I sit at the table and bring that value right. and um, do so in a way that's heard. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation after the break, but I'm seeing that we need to take a short break. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insights from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, and get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. 
The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Today, I'm doing part two of the conversation on Thriving Against the Odds with Dr. Venetia Matthews, leadership coach and equity, diversity, and inclusion practitioner and the principal owner of Sage Leadership Solutions. I welcome again back uh, Dr. Venetia Matthews. And I know before we went to break, Venetia, you and I were talking about authenticity and how it can be defined very differently for different people and how it can be difficult for anyone and particularly people of color. Mm-hmm. So I want to just toss it back to you to continue this conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I imagine that there are people listening who are saying, well, how will I know wh- what, what, what kind of voice is heard in this organization if I'm new to the organization? This is where I would tie it back to the conversation we had in the first episode about mentors. Having a mentor specifically in your organization, that is a key person who should be able to help you mm-hmm. um, understand what kinds of voices have been heard best in the past. And and it, if if you're so fortunate as to even be in the same kind of meetings with the mentor, the mentor being able to say, you know, when you saw so-and-so or so-and-so, did you see how well they were received? So you can see examples in real life of, of people who are using an authentic voice. But again, I think that this is a key part is that that point that you just made before the break, Cheryl, of I don't want to have to change how I speak mm-hmm. is something that will get it will be a derailer if how you speak is not well received in your organization and it has nothing to do with your gender your race your ethnicity or any other label it has to do with fit with your organizational culture so again if you're newer in the organization if you're newer in your career how do you learn about what what will fit your mentor would be and should be a good source but there are other sources as well. If you have 360 assessments, that's a great way to get anonymous feedback um, of how well you're being received, you know? Mm-hmm. And and again, having an executive coach who can work with you to mm-hmm. help you see how you might be effective or more effective uh, changing mm-hmm. your style. Yeah, I mean, and so, so much of what you said, I, I, I um, <clears throat> so I, I go back to the first um, conversation that we were having on this right before the break, and you mentioned emotional intelligence because I think emotional intelligence is key to understanding how we're. You know, I, I want to be in touch with me, but I also want to be able to to uh, read myself in relation to others 
And as you said, read the room, I'll say read the other. And how is what I'm saying being received? Um, not be sensory deaf or blind to the um, the physical, even like the, the facial um, gestures and, and the response that you're getting as you're sharing. Am I reading others in the moment? Mm -hmm. um, and I'll say that sometimes race, ethnicity and all that has a lot to do with it in the sense that it has a lot to do sometimes with your speaking pattern. Mm -hmm. And I have to acknowledge uh, when how I grew up may be consistent with the dominant culture that I'm engaging with. And, and when it is not, I remember working with a fire chief. And I remember him sharing frustration at the table that... Um, he said, you know, it's okay to look different. And the example that he gave me was, you know, he said, this is like a, like a light fruit cocktail. You know, all the pieces look different, but they all taste the same. And I think that's what people want around here. They just want fruit cocktail. You know, the, the blank with, you know, a fresh fruit and each piece feeling and tasting and showing different. And he felt like he had to be like the fruit cocktail. Like it was okay to to look different, but it wasn't okay to be different, to express himself how he would normally express himself. And that was frustrating. Yet with that realization, you know, uh, we kind of choose what is it that I'm going to, what do I want to deal with? Not being heard and received or um, the extra energy, and it is extra energy, that comes with me having to deliver the message in the manner in which it works, or as you said, fits in this environment. I have um, a group that I worked on with my dissertation. Um, shout out to my resource group. <laughs> and the majority of this group are African-American women. The person who brought us together was a white woman who was working on a, a challenge. And so we would all spend a fabulous, you know, great amount of time together talking all over each other and having three or four conversations going at one time. And we would have to invite <laughs> mm -hmm. the person who brought us together into the conversation, like, slow down, we haven't heard her voice. And we knew that we could do that with each other. But we knew mm -hmm. if we went back to our various workplaces and engaged and talked like that, they would think that we were crazy. So mm -hmm. we knew we had to shift our conversation style. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to shift our interaction style in order to be successful in our various environments. Mm -hmm. you know, so I think um, going back to what does often being authentic mean to us, I think um, that awareness of our values, I think self-worth has a lot to do with it. Yes. Um, if my self-worth is given to me based on others, I think it's difficult to be authentic. But if I know that I'm of value and I have good self-worth, it frees me up um, to be able to be flexible in my delivery style. It frees me up to really get to the things that are important and that's the values, like what really is important and um, what do I really want to influence? And I can, um, and, and I don't, and I wouldn't say be uh, you know, unapologetic. There are some times when we need to apologize but I don't have to apologize for my values. And right. it stops me from having to apologize later if how I'm driving and moving in those values 
is a way that um, those who are at the table with me can feel um, respected in my delivery and accepting of my delivery. So then I can be unapologetic because it's not about my delivery style. Um, And I um, have delivered what's important in a way that's respectful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hear you i think what you just said is so so powerful that that notion of self-worth that notion of the wisdom it all starts with understanding what are your values and so again i say if if one has not done their homework if one Mm -hmm. has not done their Mm -hmm. self-work if you're unsure what your values are you're it doesn't matter what voice you're using you cannot be authentic to your values Um, I, I think about my own career and how willing I was to speak up earlier when I was far more junior versus later. And the difference, Cheryl, is not what my title was. It is. It had more to do with I knew who I was. I was very confident as I grew older and gained more experience. I knew what I was worth. I knew what I knew and I knew my values. And Mm -hmm. so I was speaking, it was more confidence in that than anything else. In fact, you know, one particular story comes to mind. This Mm -hmm. is a um, one encounter in one of my organizations. I was doing a training simulation Mm -hmm. with groups of individuals and the executive team was also in this simulation. The CEO of the company was in one of the groups. And so there were very specific rules in the simulation. They couldn't do X, Y, Z. They couldn't talk to other groups, et cetera, et cetera. And the CEO kept ignoring the rules. He was mm. he was actually cheating. Like it didn't matter what I said, he'd <laughs> do the opposite of it, right? And I, I frankly, I think he was doing it because he was getting bored in the simulation. But regardless, he was throwing off the simulation because he wasn't following the rules. So I kept calling him out, but he would just ignore me. And so at one point, you know, he's physically going over to talk to another group that he's not supposed to do that. And I physically blocked him. He kept advancing. I kept advancing towards him. So at one point, his, my shoulder is pushing the CEO's shoulder, right? And I'm thinking to myself in my head, Cheryl, I'm thinking, what are you doing? And then I said to myself, you know what? This is a great day to be my last day in this organization. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stand my ground because he's not following me. <laughs> And, you know, he did back off. We both had a good laugh about it and we moved on. But my point being that confidence, right? I knew I was right. In the simulation, there were rules. And I don't care who you are, even as a CEO of the company, you have to follow the simulation rules. And so I was willing to stand my ground, literally, physically, to um, emphasize a point. As I have um, advanced in my own career, it's the same. It's it's versions of that picture, if you will, that have played out. There have been times when I've had to stand my ground, and standing your ground doesn't doesn't mean screaming, yelling, being loud. Sometimes, in fact, I tell people when I become more and more quiet, that's when you should be concerned, because that means what I'm saying is that much more important. I'm asking you to really listen. I'm asking you to lean in and listen to what I'm saying, right? So again, self-worth, self-confidence, self-reflection, all 
it's such a huge part of, of um, being authentic and then again tying to leadership you cannot be a good leader if you're not being authentic mm -hmm. yeah you know uh, and that's a real uh, powerful observation and i think i would um, probably share that observation i can um, see for myself how in my career journey there were times when i would have been more um forceful and um, and what I was saying and what I believed and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And in my um, older years, not really based on not having the energy or not caring, but just based on the fact that, okay, um, I understand what I know. I am, um, I have the self-confidence, I have the self-worth that I don't need someone else to validate it. Mm -hmm. I have the awareness of my position in relation to others' position. And I can just state what it is I need to state. I can sense when it is um, valued by others, accepted by others, and when it is not. Right. And when it's worth the energy to repeat it or when I've done my due. I've said right. what I needed to say, um, and um, and my authentic self feels comfortable, uh, not pushing, but just simply stating and being. And I've had someone say to me once when I um, saw something different and I was confronting another executive who saw it differently, and they said, why are you not, you know, why are you so calm? Well, I was real calm because not being calm was not going to change the situation. Right, right. Um, and I had said what I needed to say and I could be done. And I felt victory when they said that to me because I thought, I am calm. I've grown in my ability to um, get be clear on my values, speak from that space, and um, be authentic in my values. And at the same time, uh, not have to raise my voice, um, yes. exert my energy, uh, but just stand in my confidence that I've spoken what, and I've said what needed to be said. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, an organizational savviness sometimes is about also knowing who are the key players, who are the people mm -hmm. who are heard well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you find that one of the key players who's got everyone's ear is is really saying things that are in line with what you want others to hear. They're in line with your values. Then sometimes you don't have to say your own words. Sometimes all you have to do is amplify what they mm -hmm. said, mm -hmm. right? And that's mm -hmm. another way for you to again be authentic, but you don't have to let let the the mm -hmm. golden child mm -hmm. have the platform. But they're pushing your agenda as well, right? You're amplifying. Mm -hmm that what they're saying is in in alignment with the, what, mm -hmm. what you want. So yeah. again, this is, with wisdom comes that organizational savviness, is really mm -hmm. understanding the, the dynamics in a workplace and, and mm -hmm. understanding who's who's being heard, who's speaking mm -hmm. up, who's choosing not to speak up, all those. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Human dynamics are fascinating. It is fascinating. And I've seen um, uh, people who are just... Um, very much just committed to making things right. 
be very forceful and um and in that force they may find themselves making things better for others but creating a challenge for their ability to move forward mm -hmm. and in that space they think they're being authentic when they're the one that is being forceful and really sometimes what they're doing is they're expressing their frustration and they're not even aware of it. Right. And, right. you know, cause I, I think if we um, peel it back sometimes and think what's the emotion that's driving this, it's usually conviction, but mm -hmm. others will experience that conviction sometimes to be anger. Right. And, um, and that may not be where it's coming from. And the person themselves may not know what it's about other than they'll say, this is who I am and how I am. Well, Probably you may be an advocate for truth. You may be an advocate for righteousness. You may be an advocate, um, but how one's advocating uh, may not necessarily, um, you know, it just may be um, out of something other than them being authentic. Yet we may sometimes think it's about being authentic and really that may not necessarily be what it's, what it's about. And I, I like, this is a fascinating space because I've just seen so many. I can't tell you. And, and Gail, my colleague, she gets a lot of our referrals um, from our legal department. So shout out to Gail with, um, you know, uh, people who are having a difficult time in their positions. Mm -hmm. And they may think that their, um, that their delivery style is their authentic self. And they don't realize that their delivery style is just simply that it's a delivery style mm -hmm. and their authenticity is more about what's important to you. That's mm -hmm. how do I harness it and how I, do I deliver and try to influence in a way that's consistent with values, um, but not necessarily um, push where my assertiveness becomes perceived as aggression. So I don't know for what it's worth. Um, just some, um, just some, some thoughts on that. And, and when we come back from break, uh, Venetia, I'm going to ask you, is there anything else you want to share as it relates to just being authentic? And then we'll move to talking about a mindset of victorious people. What is the mindset of victorious leaders? So stay with us and we'll be right back with more. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. 
trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Talking today about thriving against the odds. Before we went to break, we were talking about just being authentic and um, how authenticity shows up different for um, different ones and what it means can be very different. Uh, Venetia, before we move to talking about um, a successful, victorious mindset, any other thoughts on authenticity? Yeah, I, I think I would just, my final thoughts on the, the topic would be for, for people to think about what what would others who work with you, what would they say you stand for? Could they name your values? Mm-hmm. And and if you're not sure they could, then to to think about how how do you need to change what you're saying or you're doing so that your values, what matters to you, is is coming out in, in your words and your behavior. And if you don't know how to do that, again, I'm going to push for this is why you need a mentor. This is why you need a coach. Everyone needs mm-hmm. one. Yeah, you know, and I'll speak your words that I know when we've had this conversation that you shared, and that is, you know, um, you're being authentic and you're choosing in your own career to stand up and speak against microaggressions, to stand up and speak for those who have been marginalized, using your voice to really influence and really you're emphasizing that um, standing up does not mean yelling and shouting or being mean. It And you kind of go back to what you were talking about here. And that is how do you do those things in a way that still kind of matches the organizational culture and you don't get derailed by um, trying to advance these things that can help make a positive difference for others. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think the power of storytelling too, Cheryl, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. can, if you can use storytelling effectively, you mm-hmm. can help to make your point about what you're seeing where people are marginalized or people's voices are being unheard. Mm-hmm. Using storytelling to point those out can be very mm-hmm. powerful if it fits with the organizational culture. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So let's move into that victorious mindset. So think about a victorious mindset. Lots of little different pieces can can um, fold into that. But the one that really stands out to me at the moment that I'd love to hear you talk about, and I've heard you speak about before, and that is positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is such a huge part of who I am. And it is something that I developed early in my career 
early in my life, frankly, just because of situations that I grew up in. Um, it is it is something that is it fuels the grit. When you are positive, it actually fuels my ability to be resilient. Mm -hmm. And um, I've done a lot of studying and work in the happiness literature and happiness space. So for those of you listening, if you're familiar with Marty Seligman, that space where he's done a lot of work, he talks a lot about gratitude, bringing in abundance and joy. And that abundance and joy, as you have that in your life, that comes out, that comes out in what you're doing in the workplace, it comes out in how you speak, it, it comes out in your demeanor. And for me, I've always found that the more positive I am, the more gratitude I give, the more I receive. I just got back from a vacation, as you know, Cheryl. Mm -hmm. um, I took a, a solo trip. I took a train trip up in the Canadian Rockies. And, um, you know, most of the people on this particular trip were couples, but there were a few other solo travelers like myself. And I was just amazed because we are in this amazing, amazing uh, scenery, right? We've just been treated so well. But there were a couple of people who happened to be the solo travelers, but but the other solo travelers, but they were so grumpy, you know, mm -hmm. they, they found something to point uh, fault at, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I, on the other hand, was just joyful, like, what is, oh, why are you complaining, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we are being waited on hand and foot, and look outside the window, my gosh. The experience that we all had for myself was astounding, right? What I found was other travelers were being drawn to me. They wanted to talk to me. They wanted to share their stories. They wanted to hear my story, right? Whereas the people who are negative, no one was talking to them, right? Because it is it is contagious. That, that energy is contagious. So again, if you are thinking about becoming a leader, if you are a leader and you don't find that you're inspiring people in the way you want, my question is, have you thought about how you're showing up, what kind of energy and how much positivity you are putting out? So this falls a little bit in the woo-woo space, Cheryl, but Louise Hay, her book from way, way back when that she wrote, tremendously powerful book in my own life. I have found that to be very instrumental. I personally do rely a lot on my personal faith as well as meditation and again mm -hmm. self-reflection all of these things help me keep very grounded but also very mm -hmm. positive keep moving yeah. wonderful you know there are so many um um authors from the good book <laughs> mm -hmm. to positivity psychology or positive psychology mm -hmm. to appreciative inquiry um mm -hmm. that underscore what it is you're sharing you know be it the simple if there be any good think on these things mm -hmm. uh, if there be any praise you know let's um share it um you know what we know is zig ziglar kind of going back to you know his whole um how do we reduce stress and manage it we have so much coming at you number one medicine is gratitude yeah so as you share i smile and i think yeah you know, we learn from positive psychology. We learn from um, spiritual teachings. We learn from um, work that has been successful in the workplace and looking at 
organizational excellence. Um, with appreciative inquiry, it starts with what do you appreciate? Mm-hmm. Um, what are our successes? We want to be able to acknowledge them so that we can build upon them. Yes, so right. definitely. And that looking forward, you know, the next thing in the appreciative inquiry is what else could be? What does that next level of success look like? Mm-hmm. We acknowledge what is, but if we stay with what is, we stay stuck. But if I can look beyond what is to what's possible, you know, hope is the dream that awakens the soul. Hope is the dream that awakens the soul. So that's looking beyond what is to what's what's possible. Yeah. And um, it actually is where appreciative inquiry takes you next. And it is brainstorming possibilities. So, okay, how do we achieve that vision? And so when we can actually, as leaders, you know, look at and appreciate what is, look beyond what is to a vision of what it is we want to see, Mm-hmm. And then help others brainstorm possibilities so that we're generating solutions versus focused on problems. Right. It makes a whole different, um, creates, as you said, energy, this positive energy that moves us from being stuck in what is to really feeling more of the woo-woo to what's possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think the woo-woo is a good thing. It is a good thing. Uh, what's that song like? A woo-woo-woo? <laughs> Yeah, you know there is there is a reason why uh, in the leadership literature they talk about inspirational, mm-hmm. transformational leadership. There's a, there's a reason why they use those words. Mm-hmm. It it really does tie to a big part of it is around positivity. So mm-hmm. if you can't find the positive in whatever your scenario is, even right now, it's mm-hmm. that's a problem. So mm-hmm. again, with age comes wisdom, and mm-hmm. as I have. Career, um, evolved through my own career and life, mm-hmm. the more I practice these these ways of giving gratitude, the better it got, you know, the better yeah. things got. Absolutely love that. So really kind of having that mindset of gratitude, of vision, looking beyond what is to what's possible, which stirring up that hope and that possibility of thinking so that I'm not just um, finding the problem dissecting the problem, focus on the problem, but I'm really acknowledging the what is. I see the problem, but I got to look beyond that and help others look beyond that to um, to what is it that we hope for. So then we're planning for the future possibilities as opposed to being stuck in the past um, and present problems. The, the um, leaders in my own life, my own leaders who have been inspirational, I have always said about them, if they moved on somewhere else and picked up the phone and called me and said, come on over, come to the new company. Mm-hmm. Even if I knew nothing about the industry, I would go, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, I knew it would be fun. I knew they would help me grow. I knew they'd be looking out for me. And I knew we would have fun together no matter what we're doing. So there's a lot to be said for that. There's mm-hmm. a lot to be said for that. Yeah, and your positivity and futuristic um thinking and leaning into discomfort is definitely discussed in part one. (laughs) You are definitely a leaning into the discomfort and uh, being willing to uh, just explore beyond what is to what's possible more so than I am because I'm not jumping off the plane (laughs) and I'm not water rafting. Was it water rafting? With with crocodiles in the water. (laughs) White water rafting. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. So as we um, transition and kind of come to the end of our discussion, mm-hmm. what are some uh, just final thoughts that you might want to leave with our listening audience? 
think the final thoughts I would have that I would share, Cheryl, are for people who want to really make a difference, you've got to think more, you've got to think beyond the technical aspects of your job. Mm -hmm. So think about who you're influencing, think about the values that you represent, and think about that vision that you want to have for what you what you want to do next, whether it is in your current company or somewhere else. And find the support system to help you achieve that, making that vision a reality. But, you know, life is short. There's so many amazing things to do and experience. And being a leader is a privilege. It is a joy. And um, you can hear I'm smiling for those listening. You can hear that I'm smiling. Mm -hmm. I have always loved being a leader. And uh, it's just, it's a fascinating journey. And I just, I, I encourage people to just really take advantage, have fun with it, and be inspirational. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful words to um, lead and live by. Um, so, Anisha, if others want to get in touch with you, how might they go about um, doing that? Sure. Um, my, you can go to my website, sageleadersolutions.com. You can contact me from that page, or you can send me an email at vmatthews, V-M-A-T-H-E-W-S, at sageleadersolutions.com. That's one big, long domain name, uh, but you can contact me in either one of those ways. Okay, great. And I'll underscore there's only one T in Matthews for you. That is correct. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure, thank you so much for having me on here. This is you you were fantastic when you were my executive coach, and uh, I continue to just learn and grow from you with you um, as we continue our relationship even past mm -hmm. this coaching agreement. And I too have learned and grown for, uh, from you, so it's uh, wonderful being a thought partner with you, and uh, just looking forward to continuing our journey, yes. and looking forward to all of our listeners um, continuing their journey. So we'll ask you to just um, tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or download our podcast at your convenience on demand. And until next time, keep on keeping on informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.